For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Midweek War! I am Mad Mike, and we are here to talk Impact Wrestling. Uh, we would have had this up last night, but I had some squad business to attend to. Uh, go see Suicide Squad. Better than the reviews will let you believe. But um, with me, someone who probably had a better night than I did and didn't watch Impact is Eamon Payton, the voice of Inspire Pro Wrestling. How are you? I didn't watch Impact. Uh, I, I unfortunately had other things that kept me uh, from uh, watching Impact this week. Um, but I did get a gist of every. I, I, I skimmed through uh, some of their YouTube clips because they basically, if you don't uh, follow their YouTube channel, like they basically post most of all the stuff you need to see on the show. Like, I missed, like, the full matches, but hey, whatever. Okay, so you really didn't miss anything, because the matches were nothing <laughs> really to write home about. Um, okay, but uh, since since Eamon didn't watch the full show, we don't we don't feel, you know, he has the full perspective to give a good, bad, and change, so he's just kind of going to react. I'm, I'm going to tell Eamon a story about Impact, <laughs> and, and I want I want to see his reactions to things. Um, my word for Impact this week is frustrated. <laughs> and and it like it's basically me being frustrated because I know this isn't the case because I know they taped this like a month ago. But I feel like they watched our episode of the Midweek War last week. And they were like, okay, Mad Mike is giving us credit for this, 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 and this. Let's ruin all those things. Let's let's just completely destroy all of them. Um so I may have a lot of bads this week, uh, <laughs> but we will get to them. Um, I'll start with a good. Allie. Allie is I think so that's, goddamn I think that's, amazing. I think that's literally been our good every week. And you know what? It, she's the only character in the knockouts division that has some kind of depth. Yeah, I agree. And And it's weird saying that because... Besides Maria, she wrestles the least. Yeah. Like, I understand every single motivation that, that the character of Allie has. Well, yeah, she has the most depth, and that's also... I, I even think she would have more depth than the knockout that has a dead brother living in a tree who... <laughs> <laughs> Somehow she has more depth, but... Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know if I qualify that as depth, but we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, like Allie wants to be Maria's faithful servant and then Maria put her in a match, which I said should happen. And then it happened and oh man, did it happen? Um, yeah, it was, uh, Gail Kim is on a quest to get back the knockout title. Fine. I don't approve of that, but okay, fine. If that's what you want to do, you want to have your first Hall of Famer that's also a champion, which doesn't make any goddamn sense, fine. Um, 
you shouldn't have her beat the knockouts champion in a handicap match on the way to becoming knockouts champion. I don't care if she pinned Ali. I don't care. She She's still, still holds, she still holds a victory over Sienna in a two on one two on one match. Yeah, in a two on one match where, like, I, I don't know. It's just it's mad. I'm kind of tired of Gail Kim. Oh, I've been tired of Gail Kim for years. It, it, it's and, no and fault of Gail Kim. It's I, I, I want to say this clearly. It is no fault of Gail Kim. Gail Kim is a fine performer. There's nothing. She just wouldn't be my choice to like. Like I guess she's been there a long time. Cool, but like that doesn't mean you have to lead the division around her. Three hundred sixty-five days a year. Yeah, like she's the sole focus of that division. She is the only focus. Like they've never focused on anyone else for longer than maybe three weeks. Yeah, but Gail's always been in the mix. Like it's, I don't know. I just. It's not a knock on her. It's just I'm tired. Like you can't just keep giving us the same thing over and over again. I I would say that for some of the best wrestlers in the world. Like if you just kept giving us the same story with the same person overcoming the same odds. It's like John. Over it's like John over. Cena. It's like John Cena, yeah, like yeah. mid two thousand eight. Like when we were really starting to get tired of Cena before he took it. Like took a few breaks, started fighting some people for non-title stuff and things like that. Like, I understand they wanted to try and do that with Gail Kim and Maria, but if Maria's not going to wrestle, it doesn't work. Yeah, and now either even like comparing those two, like, and this is going to be the slightest knock I have for Gail Kim, but at least there were times where like Cena could still deliver a good promo, mm-hmm. and I can still be like, oh, I enjoy what you said there or, or something. Or you like know, the Cena Rock program, I didn't like it, but it had some really good promos in it. Yeah, and there's and he can still deliver good matches. Gail's matches are fine. They're just not. They're not barn burners. They're not barn burners, especially in this age of women's wrestling. Like, you gotta give us more than that. Like, yeah, like like the best Gail Kim match is maybe the second best uh, women's wrestling match in WWE for a week. Yeah, and and I don't say that lightly. And fuck Lucha Underground. That's a whole different ball of wax. You can't even compare the two. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just uh, the knockouts need to take wrestling a little bit more seriously. Like they need to. They were the ones who kind of started this, and I we get we always give full credit for them. Like back when they first started the knockout division, that was that was their their draw. They had women who could wrestle and who could wrestle really well and had engaging storylines, and that has just gone so far off the rails. Now that I think about it, I think even some of the better times for the Knockouts division were the times when Gail wasn't, wasn't there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like that period where she was gone. Like once she came back, like there was some good stuff. Yeah, but like everything was focused around her. Yeah, like I love the Beautiful People stuff. I love the Awesome Kong stuff. Even Raisha Saeed had her moments like back in the day. Like there was there was some fun stuff for Roxy Laveau. Like there were some really cool moments, and it's just when it's focused around Gail Kim, it's it's the Poochie syndrome that I talk about. Like when yeah. Gail Kim's not around, everyone's always like, "Where's Gail Kim?" Like sometimes we don't care where Gail Kim is. You yeah. need to build another face. Like they have you, no other face in the division. I've, I've said it before when they're like, like, there'll be times on commentary where Pope's just like, "Gail Kim's such a great fighting champion when she's not the champion." Mm-hmm. And like, I'm and. You're building something with Rosemary. 
You're you're doing it, but you are wasting her in a tag team feud Not against one. No, against one person. Right. Yeah, it's barely even a tag team feud. Like, <laughs> like, like Rosemary should be the Knockouts champion, and she should be the dynamic change that the Knockouts division needs, and she should be using her mind games against Gail Kim. I would rather have her in that division. Like, I would rather have because here's the thing: they have talented people. And mm-hmm. talented new people like Rosemary, you know, doesn't get to wrestle often, but she's an amazing professional wrestler when she wrestles outside of TNA. Uh, Jade, Sienna, you know, Ali, Marty Bell, even like there's great wrestlers right now on that roster, more than there's ever been for the Knockouts. But, yeah, yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that. But everything is focused around Gail. Mm-hmm. And I get she's going to be your Hall of Famer. That's fine. Hall of Famer means you're close to retirement or you should be retired. Like, that's what a Hall of Fame means. There's a reason, like, if you retire in sports, there's a waiting period before you're even eligible for the Hall of Fame. That's the whole point of it. Like, unless there's, like, something drastic, like, what happened with Edge or what happened with Eddie Guerrero. Like, honestly, those people can be put into the Hall of Fame right away. But... You should not be in the Hall of Fame as an active competitor because it just makes the rest of your division look shitty. Yeah. And like, I don't know. There's so much other stuff you could do. Like, Jade hasn't even gotten her rematch for the belt. Nope. When she lost it. Nope. And she's not doing really anything. Nope. And Madison, Madison Rain is there as a literal placeholder. Yeah, it doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. It doesn't make sense with that group of talent that you have on that roster that that's what you come up with. Yeah, and they even bring in some names like Deanna Perrazzo and stuff like that occasionally too, where you can bring in other names that aren't signed to TNA or uh, to NXT or somewhere else. Like You can do stuff with the Knockouts division and they just choose not to. Yeah. Um, Alright, anyway, so that was my good. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I still love Allie. Like, yeah, <laughs> she like honestly, I would watch the handicap match because her performance in it is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely amazing. Um, on to my bad. Where there's a couple things I could go with. Um, <laughs> I I mean that legitimately because they almost ruined everything I wanted to see. Uh, we're gonna go with just everything surrounding the King of the Mountain title. Okay. Everything surrounding it, because uh, it covers a few topics. Because I, I vaguely know what happened with that. That, like, that that's fine. I, I mean, Eli Drake um, had uh, a really cool segment last week, where he was telling James Storm that he wanted, if he wanted to give James Storm a shot at the title, he had to stop drinking beer. He had to, you know, be morally upright and you know, be someone who's worthy of being a champion. <laughs> Very cool angle. The way they interpreted that this week, I'm guessing I read way more into it than I should have last week. Um, James Storm came out on his little beer koozie. Uh, he drank. He poured beer on little children. And the whole gimmick was, James Storm has to win the King of the Mountains title, or else he can't be James Storm anymore. Okay. Now... Who made this match? I I don't know. Because Dixie is in charge of Impact, so she wouldn't have made this match because she's a face now. 
Um, Either really with Billy Corgan, like that doesn't make. I, I can I tell you, I I didn't even remember Billy Corgan worked there. <laughs> we haven't seen him, and thank God. But I didn't remember he worked there until you just mentioned his name. Um, this is the second match in like maybe four weeks where someone has had to renounce their gimmick if they lost. Mm. And the other one, obviously, being the final deletion. Which didn't really renounce anyone's gimmick. Nope, nope, we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. Um... If you have this many matches within a short amount of time span that the loser needs to change their gimmick, maybe you as a creative team should change their gimmick. Yeah. Like, because that just, like, I I said it last night on my live tweet, James Storm is the stale beer of TNA. he's, He's the beer you've had on your shelf, not even in the fridge. It's on your shelf. You know when the expiration date is. But you know, it'll probably still taste pretty okay if you crack it open. But Great no, no one really wants it. Yeah. Like, uh, I also, like, I really, like, especially after last week's promo, like, I was like, oh, I'm starting to kind of like you. Like, exactly, like, yeah. Yeah, I was definitely starting to come around. Also, him, and, also yeah. how long has he had the belt? Not long. Like after he had the title shot and maybe maybe two hand. months maybe two months, like really? Yeah, I mean, hold and, on. And, and it's not a matter of like stuff wasn't working, so they had to change stuff up. No, Eli was doing well. Yeah, this is literally when it was starting to work. Yeah, and then they're like, "We're going to take a belt off of you." What logic? And and I saw also that. So they're doing the championship belt collector thing with Lashley. And like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. stop. That worked so well when you did it with Kurt Angle. Yeah, uh, it's... It, no, it just it just doesn't, doesn't work. Um, like, okay, so Eli Drake won the belt on May 31st. It feels like it's been way less time than that. Is that by date of the by show? Date, by date, by date. Yeah, he. Okay. It was taped like in late April. Gotcha. So, first of all, so there, barely, was a, there was a problem there. But, so basically, two months. Yeah, that's. Yeah, basically a little a little bit over two months. Um, it just he was starting to really cook. Yeah, like really, really working. I really started. He started to believe his promos a little bit more. He had he has more of a gimmick now. That's the thing I kinda hate about TNA is that the stuff that's not good and not really working they'll keep going with. Like the Mike Bennett stuff and like arguably some of the stuff with the Hardys and stuff like that. And then like somebody will start to do well and then they'll take it take stuff away from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and and I mean we haven't said, but James Storm won the King of the Mountain title. Right. So immediately as he's going to celebrate, in which he pours beer on little children, like legitimately six-year-olds. It's horrible. They're at a theme park, for fuck's sake. <laughs> um, Lashley comes out and says he wants to fight. And he wants the belt. Which, 
And you know what's funny? Like, in the promo, I'm not sure if it was Lashley that screwed up or James Storm that screwed up. Lashley said he'll put his TNA world title on the line. He never said anything about the Exhibition Championship. Mm-hmm. However, when you come back from commercial, you realize that all three belts are on the line. So, basically, there's unless there's a screwy finish, which it's TNA, there likely will be a screwy finish. Also, like, we're not too far away from Balfour Boy. Oh, no, we're very far away, Eamon. Well, we're, yeah, but still. Like, it's in October. We're still two, like, we're still two but, months away from it. Well, like, early October. But, like, what's the point of doing this? I don't understand the point of doing this. Um, well, do you want to know the point, Eamon? Do you really want to know the point? Because I think I figured it out. I think I figured it out. I'm not joking about this. Bound for Glory was supposed to be next month. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be on September 11th. But WWE scheduled a pay-per-view for the same day. Right. So they're like, okay, let's just push everything back a month. And that's why we're getting this. That's why we're getting this. Because they, they want... They want a placeholder for a month where Lashley can lose the other titles. I'm betting. That's so stupid. Yes. It's, that makes it's no entirely sense. horrible. Like and I mean unless it's something where EC3 costs Lashley each of those other titles. And but even it, still. No, like, but I mean it, it makes Lashley super pissed off at EC3, which is fine, except that EC3 is kind of in a feud with Drew Galloway. Yeah, it's like everything's all over the place. Like I don't now, I have a question, Eamon. Do you think that Lashley makes it the Bound for Glory as TNA champion? Because I don't. Really? I don't. I, I don't even think we're getting a straight Lashley EC3 match. Oh, no, I don't. I think... Here's my prediction. Here's my prediction. There's going to be a special referee added. <laughs> no, you don't want to make it that fair. Um... I think Lashley is going to um, win the King of the Mountain title next week. Right. So he'll have all three belts. And then he'll proceed to lose all three belts before Bound for Glory. That's my prediction. Jesus. And I have a prediction. And the people who I think he will lose those belts to, King of the Mountain, he'll lose it back to... Probably... No, Storm. no, I'll say Bram. Oh God, I don't know why. I don't know why. It's just in my brain. Um, Exhibition title to DJZ. Burr, 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 burr. Okay, which will be which will be fine. And the world title to Drew Galloway. And I think Moose will cost Lashley the world title. Such that way, a bound, for, bound for Glory, we get Lashley versus Moose. We get Drew uh, Drew versus CC three versus Bennett. <sighs> That's a freaking illogical way to go about that. Yeah, which is why I think that's what's going to happen, because TNA doesn't use logic. But yeah, it's... I just don't get it. There's other ways that you can set that up. It's like... It's, I don't know. Yeah, uh, but... It, it's just not good. It, because Lashley is not the guy you want having all three titles as a main heel. You know who you want that to be? Ethan Bennett. Well, okay. I thought, were, I thought you were going to say it's like a main heel. Like, Bennett could work. Bennett could work with that too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like in the sense of, well, that's the thing. In the sense of his gimmick, mm-hmm. like in the sense of he's the miracle. He's going to make 
you know, I make miracles player. happen. Yeah. What's bigger miracle than holding all the belts? Like, yeah, that's, uh, it's like fit for him. And they're giving it to lastly for no fucking reason. Like, I don't get it. I, yeah. It's it just, it doesn't work. Um, but anyway, uh, let, let's move on to my change. Um, <laughs> uh, hey, hey, Eamon, do you know why the final deletion was so well-received? I, I don't know, obviously. Well, no, 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 but legitimately. Because <laughs> like, people love car wrecks. No, no, because it was different. Yeah. Because it was different, because it was unique. TNA needs to stop trying to make every week the final deletion. They should try to just tell a story. Yeah, no, they need to. They need to stop making every week the final deletion between between what Matt Hardy's doing and the stuff with the with Rosemary and Decay and Bram. They're trying to make every week like that. Like that's not the way to go about. It. No, it's not. Like Matt Hardy should not call out Jeff or Brother Nero, and then say, "Brother Nero, I knew you'd come." He has to. Like, that's not a catchphrase. But that's... Uh, not even that. Like, uh, and I agree, but like... I mean, I, I, mean, I know let, Matt's let's talk insane. About, let's... I know Matt's insane, and they're writing him as that. But... But you can do insane and have it work. And have it tell a story. Other yeah, than... Like, look at Mickey... Other Jones. than Jeff is wrestling a handicap match. Mm-hmm. And then for no reason, literally no reason, other than to do it... Matt Hardy grabs a fan, pulls him over the guardrail, and bites his neck. Yes. For no reason. Literally no reason other than it's weird. It's it wasn't even a person in a Jeff Hardy shirt. Which it was that guy would get. Like if it like, was someone who was dressed up as Jeff Hardy, like a plant dressed as Jeff Hardy with the face paint and everything, that's perfect. That's fine. I understand that character motivation. And it wasn't like to really cause a distraction or like, you know, te- no, like I said, because he wanted Jeff to win the match to tell like an integral part of the story. Chuck Taylor was just working over Jeff Hardy in a move. And Matt does it just because that we got to make Matt look weird and, and have people talking about how he bit a dude. Like th- that's my, that was my problem with the final deletion in the first place. And I said it when it happened, it felt like they were doing it just to be weird. It felt like they were doing it just to get buzz. And I'm sorry, that's not a reason why you should do things in a wrestling. Well, okay, position. you can do it once. You can do it once in a while if your product is stale and something like that. You can do something like you that. You can't do it over and over and no. over again. No, because once you do that every week, it becomes less and less special and less and less impactful and more and more obvious. Especially when your announcers don't acknowledge a storyline. When Josh and Pope keep calling him Jeff Hardy, like they're. Half and half on if they're calling him Jeff Hardy or Brother Nero. Like, and nothing about Jeff is different. No, nothing about him. The only thing is that he doesn't paint, he doesn't paint his face, and he has a somehow even worse theme song. Like, like, make Jeff change, make Jeff actually change, make him wear like a singlet. Could you imagine Jeff Hardy wrestling in a singlet that says obsolete? Ray Cross, that would be amazing. Yeah, that would be amazing because it would look like he would look like a broken down mule, like Matt Hardy wants him to be. 
Like, if you make him change his entire style, because Matt said you can't use the top rope. Very cool idea. I appreciate that. He did it anyway. So there's no consequence for it. But But also, it doesn't, I agree, but also it doesn't make in the sense of like Matt wanting Jeff to win. Why why does he want Jeff to win? He wants Jeff to win. And honestly, the motivation behind Matt, this this part of the storyline, is okay by me. Because he said he wants Jeff Hardy to win back the tag titles by himself that he lost for them because he got injured. That is, no, that's a cool motivation. I like that because it it goes back to Jeff being an idiot, breaking his leg, i.e. TNA couldn't go to China with him. Uh, But it goes back to that, and I think that's actually a very cool idea. That's fine. My, My issue with it is the whole point of this was that Matt wanted to delete Jeff. And if we're going based off the final deletion, he deleted him. Jeff shouldn't still be fighting and wrestling and solely wrestling for Matt Hardy if the whole point was that Matt feels that he was the superior Hardy. He was the one that got them all those tag titles. He's the reason they were successful. If he feels that way, Jeff shouldn't be appearing on TV every week. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's it If the final deletion happened and Jeff Hardy died or fucking got injured again severely or whatever and didn't show up for months until Bound for Glory and you have some kind of big return or something like that, that's cool. Or like you you see him be like when Kane buried The Undertaker before WrestleMania 20 and we didn't and see And you didn't see Taker for months. Yeah, and, and he underwent because that was the American Badass Undertaker. That wasn't like Ministry that wasn't like the darkness that was that was American Badass Undertaker that was or, the end of that Steve character. Austin, or when Steve Austin gets run over by a car. Mm-hmm. Well, what I'm saying is you have Jeff Hardy come back as Willow. You like can you have you have Matt Hardy start to be haunted by visions of Willow. That's like, fine. That too. would be really cool. Like, if you still want to use Jeff, that's fine too. But like, there's no reason for Matt to be like, I deleted Jeff Hardy, but I'm still going to have him around. That doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, but and and let's go to the other part of that. Eamon, did you see the Rosemary segments? I saw the the only one they have on the YouTube channel is a recap of last week's segments. Yeah, a um, lot. A lot of it was recap. Okay, because I didn't see if anything new happened. Uh, something new did happen. Um, all right, now, Eamon, I'm gonna describe this to you. Okay. Oh boy. Are you ready? I'm ready as I'll ever be. Okay, so you know how we called it the rape barn? Uh-huh. We were pretty on the nose. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> basically, she had brought this guy up there. Um, I'm not sure why she brought him up there, because it seemed like there was a romantic element involved. And um, then he, uh, in the flashback they showed, he put his hand on her thigh... And she went berserk and killed him. Okay. Now, if that's not the worst case of mixed signals, I don't know what is. <laughs> but then they flash well, back. And I have to say, I, I have to give as much as I don't like doing it because he's a piece of shit person. Bram in this was hilarious. Okay. Because he's just sitting there like, um, you know, 
we we don't have to, we could just go grab a pint. We could just you know <laughs> grab a pint. He actually said that. He actually Cause, said cause, that because he's British. I love it. Yeah, it it was <laughs> because they were just sitting up, there the whole go time. Go to the pub and get a bangers and mash in this rainy weather. It it was it was really because Bram at that point, I don't even think they told him what she was going to say. I think he was just actually reacting now, like like a normal person would to this. Now was it literally like he put his hand on her thigh or because based that, on the last uh, week, that's what they showed. I'm not sure. Based on the last week's implied. video, it like looked like he would he would did the motion as someone would to put their hand on their thigh, but he wasn't over her thigh. Yeah. Like so it looked like he was going to do something. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, because then Rosemary was like, he, uh, this person was just like every other guy, you know, stuff, blah, 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 blah. But then um, Bram kind of loses it for no reason. He's And, like, apparently this, this whole thing with Rosemary happened on Valentine's Day. Okay. Because, of course, it did. Yes, it does. <laughs> and Bram just kind of gets super frustrated. And it's like, listen, we've all had bad things happen to us on Valentine's Day. We've all had our hearts broken. And Rosemary loses it, grabs an axe, and goes to swing at him. Jesus. I'm not joking. Which makes me... And and it looks like she hits him. Like, it looks like she slices him. Did we get a decapitated Bram? Is that what we're getting? God, no. Eamon, Eamon, you know me. If that was the case... That's literally all we would have been talking about this entire show. Oh, then then TNA would be my number one. This yeah, time. TNA would be number zero. It would be not, like it would jump ahead of everything else for the first time in history. Um, yeah. But like, because he made Rosemary angry, and then you see Crazy Steve's head pop up in the window. You see Abyss's head pop up in the window, and Rosemary stalks him with a hatchet or an axe or something like that, and swings, and it looks like she hits him. And then the next thing we see is Abyss and Crazy Steve lifting up Bram's body and putting him into a trunk. Jesus Christ. Now, keep in mind, there's no blood, so I'm not sure how she hit him. Or if, like, she hit him with the blunt part. Like, like, maybe the blunt part of the axe. I don't know. Um, Keep in mind, I think this would be fine if we also didn't have, like, the knowledge that Bram was crazy at one point. No, but, Eamon, here's the worst part of this. You ready for it? This is for no reason. I don't know why they show this. Decay has a BMW. <laughs> I love that. Decay, you know, it's the, it's Decay. The, it's the Decay mobile. Decay has a fucking BMW. So this leads me to one conclusion. Okay? One conclusion. Rosemary is the illegitimate daughter of Dixie Carter. That could be interesting. <laughs> Rosemary is the illegitimate daughter of Dixie Carter. That could and, be an honestly, and, re- honestly a really good word. I know. And I just thought of this now. But I'm like, why would Decay have such a fancy-ass car if one of them didn't come from money? We know it wasn't Crazy Steve because he worked for the Menagerie and that thing was on its last legs. True. We know, maybe it's, we know it's not maybe, Abyss. Well, maybe Abyss. Maybe Joseph Park's more real than we think. No, but no. We have to remember they literally said Joseph Park doesn't exist. But so he's he's not an attorney. Yeah, but revisionist <laughs> history. Like, 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 maybe 
thinking like he still was able to come into a certain amount of money, like posing as Joseph Park. Like I don't know. Like maybe, maybe. Uh, that's my way to explain it. Okay, I but I, I'm I'm good. I'm good. Based off of what TNA has told me, Abyss is a psycho monster whose father is James Mitchell, and they did not have money except to buy ghoulish props for matches. That's true. Um, so I'm gonna go with that. Rosemary's the illegitimate daughter of Dixie Carter. Uh, yeah, and. Then- that would be Rosemary. Yeah, and it would it would explain why she's so nuts. It it would explain how she even got to TNA in the first place. Okay. Like I I think I think it would be really interesting, and it would it could like you could just have this be just an act of a a rich girl who was spoiled and then disowned by her family. It's literally like the storyline of a lifetime movie. Yeah. But you know what? They're doing it anyway. I'm not saying that's bad, by the way. Yeah, they might they might as well steer into the skit on that. That's the only thing I can think of. And I know they're live this week, so I don't know if they've filmed anything for it yet. So if you're watching, if anyone's maybe watching, do maybe do something like that because it would be cool and interesting and give some reason or logic to the storyline. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that happened. Um. Okay, I I don't think there was anything else left on TNA. Uh, was there anything else that you like saw in spoilers or saw on YouTube that you want? Not to that touch I can. On? Imme- not that I can immediately think of. Okay. Um. Uh, they did a thing with Moose. You know, just it, it's Hell yeah. it's Moose. It's fine. He's just gonna be the heavy. Oh, and there was a completely forgettable tag match that I literally almost forgot about. Uh, Grado and Mahabali Shira versus oh, yeah. the the tribunal. Still, the only, the only match they built from last week. Jackson Baraka and Al Snow, um, and of course the uh, two people in the two on three match one. Why is that? That's the trend this episode. Everyone who's the on the disadvantage in the handicap matches wins. Unless you're Drew Galloway, then you don't win. Oh, was there three handicap matches? No, I'm just saying Drew Galloway, whenever there's multiple people involved in a match, he never wins. Oh, yeah. Well, he beat Decay that one. <laughs> that's, that's true. All right. Um, so my ranking for TNA is third this week. Uh, NXT and Cruiserweight Classic were just too good. Uh, I, I will say this. If Impact decides to go that route that Mike suggested with the Rosemary story, you will be my number one for the next Yeah. No, I, I will wholeheartedly admit that. Like it, That idea is free. I'm, I'm saying this now. That idea is free. I gave WWE the hype bros. I'm giving you this. Yeah, thank Rosemary, you for giving us the hype bros. Rosemary, you're welcome. You are goddamn welcome, Eamon. Um, But I, I feel like... And plus, it would explain why she has a name like Rosemary. Dixie looks like the person who would name their children after someone in a spice rack. Just saying. Um, right here, Marjorie. Goddamn. Like, oh, you know my daughter, Oregano? Uh... God damn it. <laughs> Alright, um, so, Eamon, I know you'll watch DNA next week, right? I'm sure I will. Yes, okay. Alright, so next week we'll be back with a full good bad from both of us on TNA. But until then, Eamon, where can the good people of the internet find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Eamon2, please. And you can also check out Inspire Pro Wrestling, the company I'm involved with over at InspireProWrestling.com. All right, and you can find me at MadMike4883 on the Twitter machine. Also, hit up the At Mayhem show. Uh, I do live tweet TNA. 
I live tweet NXT and Cruiserweight Classic occasionally. I try and just enjoy those because they're like, uh, especially Cruiserweight Classic because basically just matches. And unless there's something super egregious in a match, I tend not to live tweet about it. Uh, but yeah, follow uh, us up on Facebook too. Uh, if you like what TNA's doing, if you think we're wrong about any of this, and there's some of you out there that think we're wrong, there are plenty of you out there, way more than we care to count, <laughs> that think we're wrong. Please email us, tell us why we are wrong about this. Um, I'm curious to hear differing opinions on. We like to have people on when we can. We're believe us, we want to help TNA. We're trying to offer constructive criticism here. Um, we want them to be really good because they have a lot of really good talent there. So please email us. Tell us why you think we're wrong. Tell us why you think you're right. We will read on the show. We may not agree with you, but we will give equal time to everyone. All right. So for Eamon Payton, I'm Mad Mike, and this has been your Midweek week. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.